Happy Monday, friends. We're starting the work week off right on NSN Daily. Everybody's dream is to win this rodeo, and it's, you know, it's still on my bucket list. We're heading back to the wildest, richest rodeo in the West. Who left Reno with the coveted Silver Spurs? We'll recap Saturday's championship round. The upward trajectory continuing for Robbie Snelling. The latest on the McQueen alum and where the Southpaw is off to next in the Padres organization. So far, it's been a strong season for the Diamondbacks organization, including the Red Hot Reno Aces. We're going to chat with the skipper, Blake Lawley. I've been around the course a few times, and I think everybody's having a really great time. And with the offseason in full swing, we catch up with the Nevada women's basketball team on the links. All that and then some right now on NSN Daily. Well, howdy, y'all. Alongside Alex Margulies, I'm Mike Stephenson, and from our champion Chevrolet studio, it is a Monday installment of NSN Daily, uh, the Monday after the wildest, richest rodeo in the West. Alex, we're all still recovering. Yeah, good time out there, man. I mean, it's just a reminder of how special that event is. Uh, great crowds all week long and a phenomenal uh, culmination on Saturday nights, uh, and uh, I know we both enjoyed being out there the last uh, couple of weeks. It was great covering that championship short round on Saturday. We have highlights coming up in a moment. A whole lot to get to, including guests today from the Aces and Battleborn FC Soccer. But yeah, let's go back to Championship Saturday at the Reno Rodeo, Edition 104. The Silver Spurs on the line. Alex and I were all over that arena as we get to the highlights and start in bareback. The final 12 featured a Nevada Cowboy. Minden's Wyatt Denny already had a few thousand bucks made in bareback, but a title at his home rodeo is going to have to wait. He goes 78 points, not enough for it all. Nonetheless, always good when you have a Minden Cowboy coming back for the championship. Yeah, really cool to see him, and, and uh, it was a tough field this year. Really tough. There were two winners in bareback, actually. You got Jaco Roper right here, and then also Cole Reiner. They'll split first place money, each taking home over $7,000. As it stood Saturday night, they had Cole Reiner as the sole winner. Huh. Once they recalculated things, they got Roper in there as a dual they, champion. They both get the Spurs, too? How does that they work? They both get some Spurs, nice. yeah. I like Elko's it. Dakota Eldridge, also in the short round, he got two pairs of silver Spurs back in 2017. Trying to do it again in steer wrestling. It was close. 13.8 seconds on three head, tying him for second. The best bulldogger would be J.D. Struxness. He was a whole second faster than Eldridge on three. He takes Reno for the second time in his career. He won it in 2019. Alex in a great shot of J.D. in Dakota. Yeah, it was cool. They, they, they talk a lot about just how much camaraderie there is in this group. Maybe you don't see that necessarily in all events, uh, but these guys really are close. Those bulldoggers hang out. 2012, Caleb Driggers took the team roping title with Churchill County's Jade Corkill on the heel. In 2023, Driggers gets it done again as the header, this time with a new partner, Junior Noguera on the heel. In Saddlebronk, a repeat effort. In 2022, Statler Ray Wright had to share the crown with Sage Newman, but this year, the Silver Spurs belong solely to the kid. 252 points on three to claim Reno for a second straight year. And the crown and tie down belonging to Shad Mayfield, the 2020 world champion shown why with his winning 7.8 second time, proving to be the best of all nine PRCA performances at the Reno Rodeo. And in its third year in the biggest little city, the breakaway roping crown goes to Shelby Bojoli. She goes 7.5 seconds on three head 
And there was a new arena record set in barrel racing. Brittany Posey-Tanazi goes a blazing 16.7 seconds as the two-time world champion wins her first Reno Rodeo by one one-hundredth of a second. That probably was the highlight of the night. Yeah, Alex. I mean, that was absolutely thrilling to see the record and then to see that she won the thing by that close of a margin. She said the Reno Rodeo kicked off her career 20 years ago, so it was a special moment for that her. That is so cool. The baddest bull rider in 2023, Colton Kelly. He got 168 on two. The all-around winner had a scary sight on Saturday. Josh Frost would go down hard. He would be stomped on. Oh. He would need to be stretchered off, but I can confirm he accepted the all-around Silver Spurs after this thing was said and done. Uh, so a scary sight, but he still made almost 11000 bucks. Yeah, that was very, very scary at the time. I mean, he was uh, not moving there for, for a while. I mean, it was took them five, ten minutes uh, to kind of assess and see what was going on. But you said you saw him uh, shortly thereafter, and, and he was up and moving around. And so uh, not sure what exactly... Uh, happened and, and his injury status or anything like that, but it wasn't anything severe enough that, again, you said he was able to accept the Spurs, and, and that's great because that was a pretty scary moment there at the end. That's the thing, and we almost got through the entire rodeo without that happening. He was one of the last bull riders on Saturday night, but yeah, we did see him standing there in the media area following uh, the, the final uh, performances, and he was able to claim and, and collect his all-around gear, and they give him the Silver Spurs. They give him a really cool custom uh, cooler nice. and other things at the Reno Rodeo, so I can confirm he was there to claim those. No word on how soon he can jump on another bull, though, because that was quite an injury. That That's crazy. Have to and we, I think through. you could tell as soon as it happened. We were, I was out there filming that, and, and you could see. I don't know, see where exactly the the he got caught, but uh, he got stomped pretty good. Yeah, pretty so, good stomped so there from the bull. And that's, great to see that he was able to come out of that unscathed. Yeah, and that's why they have to wear helmets, and that's why that's one of the... Uh, it's a crazy sport, man. Yeah, that's probably the craziest event out of any <laughs> sport there is. Mention the two Nevada Cowboys that got to come back for the short round, Wyatt Denny and Dakota Eldridge. I had a chance to catch up with each of them talking about how significant Reno is and the rest of their summer. The awesome atmosphere that it has and just the crowd and, you know, of course, the beautiful sunsets. It's something different. You know, it's uh, everybody's dream is to win this rodeo and it's, you know, it's still on my bucket list. Bringing some of that hometown money is also pretty, pretty dang nice. But, uh, yeah, you know, I'm just super blessed to be in the short round and uh, just riding good bucking horses is really all a guy can ask for. I've kind of got the ball rolling now. I think I won around 14000 here and, uh, you know, it could be a huge, huge 4th of July for me and huge Cowboy Christmas. So I didn't get the Spurs, but at the same time, it's uh, still good to get that money and uh, get the points towards the standings. There's nothing like Nevada. The blue skies, the cool weather at night, um, snow-capped mountains. I mean, it's, uh, it's just... Uh, it's home. I mean, it, there's nothing like it. God bless you. God bless oh. you, young lady. Goodness gracious. That was a way to end the, end the interview. <laughs> How about Sally That's Lou? Classic. Sally Lou making the most the kid, of her. The kids yeah. kind of stealing the rodeo. Michael, who's the, uh, tell us the story about the, if, if you, they missed it, uh, the guy, uh, one of the, was it Saddle Bronc or Bareback? You're talking about Wyatt or? No, in, in earlier days. And his son did the backwards riding. Yes, so that's Casey Field. Okay, so Casey Field. Six-time world champion in bareback. And then his son, Hux, stole the show in mutton busting by riding backwards. backwards. Yeah, so I he mean, had his legs kind of around the, the chest of the sheep. And then he <laughs> held on to the back and went backward and got a 100-point score that captivated the entire Reno Rodeo. We might be able to sneak that in uh, NSN Daily coming up tomorrow. That'd be good. Because I did ask Casey about that. And nice. He said nice. that was a really proud dad moment. That's good stuff. So, but how about Sally stuff. Lou uh, letting a little snot ride out? 
she was like, we need to wrap up. This and were you saying Dakota was going straight? For, was it Dakota? He's that was in going Canada to, tonight. Like he literally went straight from the Reno Rodeo, like that next that night or the next 5 morning. 5 a.m. flight today. Wow. Or I guess it would have been Sunday. Sunday morning. Sunday 5 a.m. flight. He roped Sunday in Canada, and then he's off to Utah. They'll be back in Elko in a couple weeks. But um, this is what he mentioned: Cowboy Christmas over the Fourth of July rodeos galore and that's when a lot of money can be made and then of course the name of the game is to get back to the national finals rodeo each december mm -hmm. in las vegas you got to be top 15 in your respective event to get there and reno is kind of the kickoff to their busy season you make some good money in reno your chances of getting to vegas are pretty nice. good well, so good, good for them and uh, it was good that we were able to catch up it's with always them. great to have those silver state cowboys represented all right uh coming up next on today's show we're going to shift gears how about some news in pro ball and for local products sounding like Robbie Snelling is on the move. We're going to talk about the Southpaw from McQueen next. All right, back here on NSN Daily, a handful of local products making their presence felt in minor league baseball and a couple moving on up. Last week, we told you Reno High alum Christian Chamberlain had been promoted to AAA Omaha and the Royals organization. Now, per a source, we can report McQueen grad Robbie Snelling has been promoted from low A Lake Elsinore to high A Fort Wayne right. as he continues to impress in the San Diego Padres organization. Snelling, also the 88th prospect in minor league baseball, according to MLB.com, the fourth ranked left-handed pitcher with the Storm. He's 5-1 with a 1-5-7 ERA and 59 strikeouts. And uh, this is going to be an interesting move, Mike. I can tell you, uh, making the jump from low A to high A is tough. Uh, however, pitching in the California League, at least when I was supposed there, supposed to be tough, right? <laughs> that is, it's a tough league because the ballparks are small. The ball right. flies. Now, Lake Elsinore, that is a pitcher-friendly ballpark, but there are a lot of road stadiums where you play in some band boxes. So now, going to high class A with Fort Wayne. That league actually traditionally is a little bit more pitcher friendly. Okay. So some he of the ballparks. Uh, so you, you should see his numbers, uh, you know, continue to to be maybe where they are. However, you're also going to go against stiffer competition. Yeah. Obviously, you're going up a level. It gets older. He's probably going to play a lot more college aged guys. You know, guys maybe then in their second year, even first year of professional baseball, get up to high class A, and you're those 22 year old, 23 year olds. So there could be a big age kind of gap now for Robbie Snelling. And how is his stuff as a you know 19 year old right. going to stack up against guys that are three, four years older than him? Uh, that will certainly be a big challenge. But uh, as we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, I think this move really felt imminent, you know, for Robbie and totally. the fact that he had been pitching so well. And I kind of felt like around the All-Star break was going to be when he was going to get that call up. And, and it looks like the Padres feel like he's ready to, to make that jump up to Fort Wayne. Yeah, you said it. The writing kind of was on the wall. We were featuring him weekly whenever he had a pretty big outing. And we kept thinking, all right, when is that call going to come? It makes sense right around that halfway point. You make some changes. I know he's not the only pitcher making moves within that San Diego Padres organization, but you said it. I mean, the California League didn't really seem to be too much of a challenge no. for him, and he had success both at home and on the road. Yeah, no, he was uh, dealing. Just the one loss, and so bumps up. It'll be a big bump, but it uh, feels like he's ready for it, so I'm excited to see exactly what is in store. We had Shannon Kelly uh, exchanging some messages with his dad, former McQueen football coach Jim Snelling, and I can tell you Pops is plenty proud <laughs> of young Robbie moving up to high A Fort Wayne as he continues to climb up the organization. Looking forward to that, Nate. It's not just him. There's another southpaw moving up out of Spanish Springs High School, the former Nevada pitcher Ryan Anderson in the Yankees organization and getting the bump from high A Hudson Valley to double A Somerset. 
the 2019 12th round pick has a 2.91 ERA this season in 34 innings pitch. So obviously not as highly scouted and not as high of a prospect as Robbie, but mm -hmm. still working his way up. A uh, heck of a grind for the yeah. lefty Anderson, but good to see him at double A. That's a great ERA. I mean, talking about how effective he's been, and he's been in the Yankees organization now for a couple of years, so it feels like this is a very appropriate kind of next step for him. And, you know, the interesting thing about baseball, uh, everyone's path is different. You know, there's the path of that, you know, top pick, that top Highly prospect, touted, and that's yeah. what we're kind of following with Robbie. But there have been plenty of guys that have gone down uh, this road like Ryan Anderson has. You kind of grind your way through the system, continue to perform, continue to pitch well. Uh, he's a guy that competes, and, and he has done that, you know, since he's been here at Nevada. And uh, exciting to see both of these guys. I mean, and talk about Chamberlain as well, getting up to AAA. That's right. I mean, this he's is, on the brink. It, it is impressive just what this area has been able to do in the last uh, couple of years in particular in terms of these young guys going and getting to the minor leagues and having a ton of success. And, and you know, we'll have an interview uh, later this week with Grayson Grinsel, who's at Oregon. You know, maybe he's next in line of those guys. Uh, Shannon Kelly had a chance to talk to the Oregon uh, star coming off of his freshman season uh, for the Ducks. So something is right here in northern Nevada in terms of the structure, the coaching, uh, the way that, you know, the talent of the kids that are coming out of northern Nevada, this area is really uh, year after year is proving to be an area that is producing some top baseball Especially talent. Especially pitching-wise, it feels like some really strong pitchers, yeah. both lefties and righties, so it's Good really stuff. great to see. All right, speaking of baseball and speaking of Robbie Snelling, well, he could have uh, been at LSU with former Nevada head coach Jay Johnson, but here they are now, the LSU Tigers who have fought their way through this tournament and now playing in a win-or-go-home, a winner-take-all College World Series final game. It's Florida and LSU, the Gators, winning last night's in an impressive route, 24-4. to I had to double-check the score there. Yeah. Uh, this one is going to be an earlier first pitch, 4 p.m., so depending on what time you're watching this show, uh, this game either going or maybe is already concluded, but uh, certainly want to wish the best of luck to Jay Johnson. Uh, uh, personally, for me, Absolutely loved uh, my time with him here in, in northern Nevada. Uh, led the Wolfpack to a championship uh, in the Mountain West and, and has since had a ton of success at the college level. Went to Arizona mm -hmm. uh, where he was uh, a runner-up and made it to this championship and, and did, did come up short uh, with the Wildcats in his first season there. And now at LSU, a chance uh, to take home a national title uh, for the Tigers. And if you want to know how big baseball is at LSU, all you have to do is look out. Uh, out there in, in Omaha and see how much purple and yellow there is. Uh, it is chock uh, full of LSU fans. I mean, that is a fan base that uh, really travels. And so I feel uh, like every sport is big in Baton Rouge. Oh, <laughs> these guys travel for baseball, man. It is crazy. Like they you should see the parking lots up there of just RVs full of Tigers fans. Well, it'll be interesting to see because LSU had got that emotional game one win in extra innings, yep. only to turn around the next day and just get smacked get out smacked. of the park by yep. the Gators. And so, hmm, who's got the advantage? I don't know. I didn't have a chance to cross paths with Jay Johnson, but I have heard nothing but great things about him. And obviously, he was able to uh, get Nevada up to a level that fans were proud of and bounced him quickly to Arizona, where he, again, as Alex mentioned, lost in that championship in 2016 to Coastal Carolina. So, you know, Johnson wants to get back and get to the top of the mountain. Be so cool. Will they do it tonight? We'll have to see. I'll take the Tigers. Why not? I'm, I'm rooting for them, yeah. for sure. All right, back in the biggest little city, though, the Reno Aces, giving their fans a ton to cheer about, sweeping their six-game homestand with Albuquerque. 
It wasn't even close. The out aces outscoring the isotopes 90 to 21. Reno riding a PCL high seven game winning streak, also boasting the league's best home record at 26 and 13. Always fun getting out to a game at Greater Nevada Field. Even better when they're playing like that. Yeah, Alex. I mean, this, this team has been on fire. And, and, you know, the Arizona Diamondbacks, I mean, they're a team. They've that, been on that, fire, too. They went through <laughs> some struggles at the big league level. But you saw last year here in Reno, a team that won a championship. And now, uh, again, a, a team that's going to compete uh, potentially for a championship. And has certainly been uh, one of the top teams in AAA. And, and you know, they've really built... Uh, an organization and you're seeing the fruits of that you know coming here in Reno the fruits of that now in the major leagues this season so it's been fun to watch you love to see it the guys enjoying a rare two-day break Monday and Tuesday before starting a series Wednesday in Sacramento and speaking of Reno's scorching squad coming up next on NSN Daily these guys are uh, they're playing their butts off and uh, they're having great years the skipper joins the show Aces manager Blake Lolly joins myself and Shannon Kelly for a little chat right after this. Welcome back to NSN Daily alongside Shannon Kelly. I'm Mike Stephenson hanging out in our champion Chevrolet studio, finally getting some really nice baseball weather toward the back half of June. It finally feels like summer <laughs> baseball weather and to think it's already uh, halfway through the season for the Reno Aces. Good thing the weather is it's nice, though, hopefully from here on out, right? And Reno's Ball Club with many more wins than losses this year. Many thanks to the skipper, Blake Lolly, who joins us live now from Greater Nevada Field. Blake, I guess just uh, summarize the season thus far as we stand toward the end of June here. Uh, yeah, you know, it's been good. I, I do want to take you back a second and say I don't know if we have more wins than losses because of me, but um, <laughs> I'm lucky to... Uh, I'm lucky to have a lot of good players here and uh, you know they're they're playing well and they're developing and yeah the the wins show for it for sure. So just kind of tell us just you know who are some of the guys on the team that have really surprised you maybe from this point forward now as you do hit this halfway point. Uh, I, um, I know it's a pretty easy answer but you know I, I I'd like to say honestly all of them I mean like every night you know, I, I write the lineup, and, and we come out here, and, you know, most of the, the scoreboards, they have all the averages up, and, you know, every visiting team and even, like, the, the staff every single night is like, I mean, look at that, one through nine. Everyone's hitting 330. Everyone's got RBIs. Everyone gets on base. And, uh, you know, from, from a full team standpoint, I, I don't think anyone can say they expect that from the full team. But, I mean, these guys are uh, – they're playing their butts off and uh, they're having great years. It really has been a balanced effort that helps uh, help get you guys to the top of the PCL West standings. Of course, Reno, the defending PCL champions. And also, how about the big club having a ton of success? The Diamondbacks sitting atop the NL West as we talk now. Uh, does that change your mentality managing the AAA club when you know that the big club is having success and you guys are going to kind of have to work hand in hand? You know, I, I don't think so. I, I, I think uh, I think we, we've always kind of approached every day here of, like, getting these guys better for when they, they get the call. And, um, you know, yeah, the, the, the big club's in first place. And, you know, all I can say is, we're, you know, we're working hard down here every day to to have options for them, right? I mean, it, it's, it's a long season. You play every night. They're, they're going to need some guys, whether they need a guy – 
um, for performance or maybe there's an injury and you know our job as a staff down here is to have these guys ready so that they can step right in up there and they can keep winning games so and so far everyone that's went up has done a great job for them and uh, you know that's our goal tell us just about Corbin Carroll a little bit uh, right now the leading candidate really for NL rookie of the year and just what he's been able to do with Arizona so far I'm guessing that's probably not a not a surprise to you since you've worked with him quite a bit no, he's he's one of those players when you see him, uh, you know, I remember even, you know, three years ago, the first time you see him, you're like, that that's a pretty special player. But, you know, it's always hard to predict how, how good someone's going to be because it's a, it's a tough game and, and, you know, it's kind of a long road there. And then once you get there, it's, it's your biggest challenge yet. And, uh, you know, everyone who saw him for the first time thought this kid has a chance to be special and, you know, he's proven us all right right now. So I just just a really good player and fun, fun and exciting. He can change the game in a lot of ways. We see Alec Thomas back up with the D-backs right now. We know Tommy Henry's still there. We saw Brandon Fott end up, uh, start the season with Reno, end up with the D-backs and come back down. I guess for in your role, how do you kind of manage the ebbs and flows that come with bouncing back and forth and just the, the mental side that these guys have to deal with and you kind of trying to bring them along? Yeah, you know, sometimes it can be a challenge, but, um, you know, I'm going to throw the credit out to the players there. They, they do a great job, um, you know, if they, if they get sent down. And, and obviously no one likes to hear that. But, the, you know, everyone that's, that has been sent down um, comes here ready to work. Like they have one goal in mind, and it's to get back and help that team up there. And, um, you know, anytime you focus on what you need to do to get better, it kind of it, it it doesn't leave room for the you know sitting around and feeling sorry for yourself. So they've all done a great job of it, and you know we we help them along with that. Tell us about Dominic Canzone a little bit and just he what he was able to recently do down in Las Vegas, named PCL Player of the Week, uh, and just how he's been hitting the ball. I'm guessing that's probably no surprise to you either, since you've worked so much with these guys now to see their success paying off. Yeah, he's he's been really good as of late. He's been really good all year, um, like all of them really. But um, you know, he's he he can change the game with one swing of the bat. He's he's got you know big power, and uh, he's really learned this year to kind of uh, control himself, control his body, put himself in in better counts. Um, you know, limit some of the strikeouts and, and get on base more. He's walking more and. Uh, He's become a true uh, threat in this entire league, and uh, it's it's not going unnoticed. I guess going forward now throughout the rest of the season, what's your main focus with, I, mean, I know it's just developing these guys and supplementing the, the big ball club, but um, what do you hope that uh, the Aces and their fans and this town gets out of the rest of this year, I guess? Yeah, uh, I mean, you said it. We're going we're gonna to keep focused on getting these guys better and, and uh, you know, having them ready for the major leagues, but... Um, you know, these guys like to win, and uh, I like to win, and our, our staff likes to win, and, and uh, you know, they're, they're not happy when we don't. So, you know, I'd be lying to say if we, we don't want to get back to where, where they were last year. And, um, you know, I think our, our focus is developing and, and, and winning games and uh, having fun along the way. You got Kyle Lewis on the roster right now on a rehab assignment, a one-time American League Rookie of the Year. When you have a guy like that who – ends up in the clubhouse, does that just kind of motivate everyone else to kind of play better? I mean, what has his presence meant to you, uh, having him on the Aces for a little while? 
Yeah, I mean, it's a guy that's had success at, at the top level. So, uh, you know, anytime um, players that haven't been there or maybe players that have that haven't had success, it's always good to be, you know, surround yourself with people that have had success and maybe can, can talk to you about it. Um, you know, it's also it, – it, it's a tough game, right? Like he's rookie of the year, and, and he's with us right now, and I'm sure he'll – He'll be back helping those guys, um, you know, big power, and, and he's done great here. But I think it's 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 good for those guys all the way around, um, just, just to be around someone like that. Chatting with Aces skipper Blake Lolly. Before we let you go, Blake, you uh, since we last had you on the show, you have celebrated your 40th birthday in mid-May. You guys were in Tacoma. Happy belated birthday to you. I just am curious about uh, maybe what that celebration looked like as part of it being during the season and also just your ascension to being at this level, having not been too far removed from your playing days. Uh, yeah, it, it was uh, it was good. You know, we were in Tacoma and, uh, you know, we, we had a game. Shocker, we play every night. And, uh, <laughs> you know, after the game, I, you know, a bunch, uh, you know, the entire staff, we went out and, uh, you know, just had a little dinner and a couple drinks and celebrated 40, and then uh, we moved on. So, um, yeah, it's, it was it was it was nice, um, but uh, you know, not not nothing too special. That's right. Plenty more to celebrate. Yeah, and a game, <laughs> and more games. Yeah. And that's yeah. a thing. And more yeah, games. Plenty more games. Yeah, <laughs> and more games. Yeah. Hey, he is Ace's yeah. skipper, Blake Lala. We can't thank you enough for joining the show, Blake. Good luck the rest of the way, and we'll check back with you soon. Yeah, hey, thank you guys. I enjoy it uh, anytime. We'll make a note of that. Any anytime, he said. <laughs> Bother him every day. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> All right, thanks to the skipper for joining us. Uh, I have yet to get out to a game this year. I'm going to have to do it. Me too. As, as far as a fan, of course. Yeah. Yes, same. I'm with you on that. I know. I am actually. I'm planning to go in a couple weeks. So. Okay. Maybe it could be like an NSN bonding day at the game. Oh. Ooh, Ooh look at that. All Making right. notes. <laughs> <laughs> We're back right after this on NSN Daily. Back here on NSN Daily with Mike Stephenson, I'm Alex Margulies. A busy offseason continuing for the Nevada women's basketball team. Amanda Levins and her squad taking on Red Hawk last week for their third annual fundraiser out on the links. We caught up with Coach to talk about the importance of the event, the team's upcoming trip to Canada, and more ahead of next season. It's beautiful. Um, we had a great turnout and couldn't ask for better weather. So I've been around the course a few times and I think everybody's having a really great time. I'm not golfing. So this is our third year doing it. And year one, you know, was a little bit stressful. We really wanted it to go well. Year two, we wanted to, you know, make it a few adjustments to year one. And then this year, it, like set up, everything was so smooth. So I think year four is my target date to play. <laughs> it's the primary fundraiser for our program for the year. So it's huge in that way, but it's also a great chance to bring our community together and have them meet the new players in our program and get to spend some time with the returners. Um, but it doesn't happen without an amazing community that gives us donations, that signs up to play in the event. But it's just a fun event that just brings all of us back together out of season. Well, I think we definitely identified some needs that we had coming off of last season, some things we needed to get better at. Um, we're a lot bigger at a lot of positions, and we're going to be more deep than we were last season. And, you know, that kind of hurt us a little bit last season, just the depth. And so we're excited about the new faces coming in. And honestly, I think all of them will have the ability to contribute right away. I think just the extra practice time that we get together, the travel time to build cohesiveness going into our season. And we'll have six new players next year, possibly seven. And so getting some extra game experience to see how we gel, seeing everybody's strengths and weaknesses in a, in a game-like situation, I think it gives us a more focused 
this plan going into fall of what we need to work on. And then sometimes you're figuring that out in November, you know, playing real games. And so hopefully this just gives us a little bit of a jump start into how we can, you know, get our team ready for the regular season. All right, talking there, the Wolfpack taking their talents to the province of British Columbia for that exhibition tour. It's going to take place August 3rd through August 9th. What an experience uh, the ladies will have up there. That should be cool. And they get 10 extra practices next nice. month ahead of that. And so we'll be sure to visit with them ahead of that Canada trip and try to get in the gym with this new look Wolfpack squad. I like it. As for on the men's side, former Pack point guard Grant Shurfield, well, he is signed to play Summer League with the Phoenix Suns. After two All-Mountain West seasons with Nevada, Shurfield spending last year with Oklahoma he did have a year of eligibility left after last season, but has elected to go pro. Interesting. Not only Sherfield, but how about former PAC standout Des Cambridge Jr.? He was out of his college eligibility after finishing his career at Arizona State. Cambridge Jr. has reportedly signed to play summer league with the Toronto Raptors. This according to Draft Express John Cheptanovich. Between stops at Brown, Nevada, and ASU, Cam Cambridge was a four-time all-conference selection. This guy... Just a dog on the floor, yep. loved watching him play at Nevada and uh, played great as well against Nevada in that tournament game uh, when he was with Arizona State. Uh, so we'll see how he fares as he takes his step up to the next level. I mean, I think both of these guys, Sherfield and Cambridge, they've got a pro career somewhere. Is it in the NBA or is it overseas? But both of these guys can flat out play. Oh, they'll make money playing ball for a while. Next, coming up on NSN Daily, Shannon Kelly back on the show, sitting down with Andrew Robles, sporting manager for Battleborn FC. That interview next on Daily. Back here on NSN Daily inside of our Legends Bay Lounge powered by Circa. Joined now with one of the founders of Battleborn FC, Andrew Robles, also the head coach of the women's team. Welcome. Yeah, thank studio. you. Thank you for having me. Of course. Just kind of tell us just uh, what brought you to Reno, a native of California. What brought you to the biggest little city? Well, like you just said, it's the biggest little city, right? And um, this is definitely a soccer market. You know, now me being here for close to a decade, you know, um, um, and being um, surrounded by the whole soccer community. For me, when I first moved up here, I didn't, I didn't know if there, if there was a soccer community. And now that I've been here, there's definitely a soccer community. So I just want to continue to expand on that. And I want um, the whole nation to know that this is a soccer city. It's you know. really cool. Definitely, because Battleborn FC received some exciting news in May. Mm -hmm. They've received clearance from the Reno City Planning Commission to build the 5,000-seat stadium up in North Reno. Just give us a little update as to where that is at right now. People very, very excited to yeah, hear this cool news. <laughs> it looks awesome. Just give us a little update where things yeah, are right so, now. So right now, you know, just like a, in a house, you know, you have to, if you're going to build a fence, you know, you got to submit a permit, right? So right now all our permits have been submitted. Um, so we're just waiting for the city to just approve those. And then once that happened, now it happened, you know, tomorrow. So we're just waiting for those things and, and you're gonna, we're going we're gonna to break ground pretty soon. How exciting is this for you and for Mark? You guys started this, you know, more than five years ago mm -hmm. to be able to, you know, be at this point now where you're so close to building this beautiful state-of-the-art facility. Yeah, well, it's it's very exciting. The The most exciting thing is the opportunity that we're creating for Northern Nevada and the whole soccer market here. You know, Mark, just a quick shout-out to Mark. You know, he had four uh, kids that um, he would have to travel out of here and take them to Sacramento uh, six days out of the seven, right out of the week, to go find better opportunities, you know, and you can imagine just driving up Tahoe, you know, through the mountain, through the snow, all this here. Um, 
um, you know, it's very difficult and, and players either get burned out or they just say, you know, this is, this is, there's no opportunity in soccer. And that's their experience. And it's like, no, there's actually, you haven't even touched on what the opportunity it is. So um, going through very detailed stuff for, for using his kids as an example, you know, we're changing that whole culture you know, building the stadium, you know, we're going to be able to bring professional teams now to us, top level uh, youth academies now to us, you know, and, and it's going to eliminate that problem. So what will the benefits be of just providing this true pathway program, not just for boys, but for girls as well? Yeah, well, soccer is a, a world sport, right? And, and as you can see, there's uh, teams being a professional women's team now being um, established all across the, the nation and not just being established, but they're, they're packing the house, right? San Diego Loyals, you know, um, they're down there, you know, with Alex Morgan, you know, very familiar. Everyone knows who Alex Morgan is, mm -hmm. you know, they're packing the stadiums down there. And, and again, we're, we're, we could do the same. So we're, we're excited about that, you know? Definitely. Yeah, I have seen uh, some pictures and videos of the San Diego Loyal games and I'm like, wow, that looks oh, that's awesome. Oh, that, that's going to happen here. That's going to happen. I'm going to take your word for it, yeah. <laughs> You'll be sitting there, VIP, uh, you know, right there, cheering, interviewing those top players from those areas coming here. It's, it's going to be exciting. So just what are, you know, some of the goals then long term for the women's sports specifically that you guys hope to achieve here in Reno? Well, it, it kind of goes the same with, you know, Mark and Coach Tito. You know, you guys had him here last time talking about the men's program. Um, and it's, 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 it's very similar. You know, now we're just creating this, highlighting that we're offering for the women's as well. You know, um, I have two daughters, you know, when I first moved up here, my daughter Ava, uh, well, shout out to my daughter Ava, her birthday was on Sunday on Father's Day. Um, so um, when I came up here, I was like, well, and this is when I had uh, my two daughters, what's, um, if obviously I'm a soccer guy, so like what opportunities are there here for her for Northern Nevada? Um, for soccer and, and there wasn't a lot, you know, so um, I'm using my daughter as an example because she's she just turned six and right now I have her come to my trainings with um, at Douglas High School. I'm the head varsity coach there um, and she's seen that now with Battleborn. She's she's uh, she's going to training sessions. She's meeting the players and, and our players are stacked with D1 players from you know, UNR. Um, and just uh, top players from Northern California, and she's going there, she's seen that, you know, and, and she's seen them battle-born, and we have youth academies too for her age, so it's just having her see that whole player pathway. Um, and don't talk crap about battle-born to her, because she's like, she started <laughs> from the beginning, and she's like, battle-born, battle-born, <laughs> so it's super exciting. So we're developing that culture, right? So like mm -hmm. my daughter, I'm seeing her develop that culture and that passion for a Nevada team, battle-born. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and that's the exciting thing. If it's happening with her that we just kind of, again, you know, um, are growing in this community. Um, imagine with everybody else, you know, they're going to they're going to ride the wave. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's an important thing, sports in any children's lives. And if mm -hmm. they want to stick with the sport, it's important to have opportunities and yeah. more opportunities. Seems like what Battleborn FC wants to provide in our community here just Touch a little bit, though, about the university. You mentioned some of the girls from the Nevada soccer team. Yeah, well, Just first I want to say shout-out to Vanessa. I know she's new here. Coach Vanessa, mm -hmm. she's a head coach of, of obviously, UNR. Um, she's doing an amazing, amazing job. Um, her, her, her short time that she's been the head coach, she's already communicated uh, with all the community. She's, she's very hands-on. She's, uh, I believe she's coming from Cal, right, mm -hmm. uh, a big school as well. Mm -hmm. So she gets it, and she's from SoCal as well. Um, and she knows the WPSL League as well. Right. And and um, so we want to obviously 
we're, we're going to build a professional women's team here, but exactly for the women's UNR team that everybody here um, looks up to, to, to that program, right? That's the highest level of soccer for our, our, the Northern Nevada soccer community, right? So uh, building that relationship with them, uh, providing opportunities for their athletes, right? Because the, the, college at, the college season is just fall, mm -hmm. right? So what do they do for the spring? Right, so they kind of just play a few games, but then now that spring to summer, you know, these uh, college coaches want their players to come back fit or polished a bit, you know, or if they need something to work on, they need something for them to do. And for right now, we're, we're filling in that void, right? Like, yeah, send us your top talent or send us players you want to uh, look at or, or help develop or keep them in, in, in the league, right, in the WPSL league, um, and just provide the opportunity for them. So. Um, again, shout out to Coach Vanessa and her whole coaching staff. They're doing amazing. Yeah, it'll be exciting to see what Coach Vanessa Valentine, uh, first-year head coach at mm -hmm. Nevada, will be able to accomplish with her team yeah. this year. Just how have you seen just soccer, you know, change and evolve over the years, back from when you were a player, you mm -hmm. were former collegiate player, yeah. Yeah. you know, just how have you seen it evolve then from back then when you look then to now? Yeah, well, it's soccer it keeps it keeps growing, right? And a big thing that just happened for soccer in the U.S. is uh, they just brought a, they just brought here Lionel Messi, right? Messi is the best player in the world. Sorry for all the Cristiano Ronaldo fans. <laughs> uh, Messi is the best player in the world. Um, so, yeah, just having come having him come to the U.S. right where he could have stayed in in Europe, he could have followed money and go to Saudi Arabia, I believe, down there and just yeah. But he came to Major League Soccer. Right. So um, that just shows how far we've come along, you know, and, and he's he's still he's still coming along where he can still perform at a top level. Um, normally you get players like when they're like last year in their career, you know, and so by him bring, coming to the U.S., he's going to uh, it's just a ripple effect. More more top level players are going to come. Right. Yeah. So. And I'm sure in another decade we'll have some of those from right here, hopefully. Yeah. In Northern yeah. Nevada. Yeah. Very cool stuff. This is nice little cool. Scarf. Yeah, you got to put that yeah, over put you. Yeah, you're gonna on. be repping I'm that. Re rep a true, a true Nevada team. Yeah, yeah a true Nevada I, team. Yeah, Look I am battleborn. Yeah, you are battleborn. Yeah, and, so and this is our jersey for, for our, our our women's team. That's awesome. We're gonna. Uh, this is our first time we're gonna uh, use this field. I mean, this uh, this this uh, this jersey this Sunday. Uh, we have a home game. Um, so yeah, we a lot of a lot of exciting things. You know, and, and what I want to do is I just want to tell the people, obviously, you just mentioned I'm the founder, right? Mm -hmm. I've been here almost, you know, close to oh, five, six years, right? I'm very plugged in the community. Again, um, going to be my fifth, my fifth year uh, coaching at Douglas High School. You know, my, my first uh, four years, we took the team to state. Um, and shout out to Douglas High School base, uh, softball team. Th did you hear about mm -hmm. that? You know, they just ended up winning state uh, recently. Yeah, shout out to, we were there. Uh, yeah, so Glover, you know, my AD. Shout out to the whole Douglas uh, High School. Um, but yeah, um, you know, being involved here and then um, uh, creating this, this whole opportunities for, for Northern Nevada. Um, you know, I'm, again, you just mentioned I'm from Southern California. Um, so, which is one of the, the biggest soccer markets in the whole nation, right? So having that experience being from there, you know, and I'm from Southern California where Compton, California, Linwood, uh, very inner city-ish, you know, um, where you really have to work hard and, and growing up, you know, my, my family, my, my dad's from Mexico, my mom's from El Salvador, you know, and there's, I had, uh, there's eight of us and we, we grew up in a two bedroom house, you know, so you can imagine all the difficulties, you know, grew, grew in an area where there's a lot of gang members and, 
And so soccer did a lot for me, right? And, and just with a simple ball, kicking it, right? And the hard work it, it takes. Um, so that's me on a personal level, right? And, and I'm the first in my family because of soccer uh, to graduate college. Um, I just got my master's actually uh, awesome. this, this March, yeah, from GCU. Um, first time, first in my whole family, you know, to do that. Um, so I'm bringing that whole passion, that whole grit, you know, that whole mentality as a player. And then now as a coach, you know, um, I ended up moving to Sacramento because that's where my wife's from. And when I was in Sacramento, I was coaching one of the top youth uh, uh, clubs down there, um, which the level that they have in Sacramento, there isn't no level here in northern, uh, northern Nevada yet, but we're going to bring that, that level here and, and a lot of exciting stuff. So then now when I moved to northern Nevada, I have all this package, all this stuff. And when I moved here, I was, I was ready to go to war, right? Ready to go to battle, so to say, uh, coming to northern Nevada. And I noticed that, wow, there's, there's a lot of things missing here, yeah. you know, and, and for soccer. And like you just mentioned before the segment that, or before I was talking that, there was a professional team here, right? Um, but the professional team was just, uh, they, they probably had it more difficult because they were the first time bringing a professional soccer team here. And it was very supportive, which is awesome. Um, and, um, you know, but that was it. They just had a professional team. What we're doing with Battleborn is we're having a men's professional team, a women's professional team, and now we're gonna have these youth academies that are gonna funnel into that to them. And that's huge. That's like, people, mm-hmm. people are still having grasps how huge that is. Yeah. You know, we just had youth trials for, for our younger teams and then there's still people second guessing like, oh, is it? And they're like second guessing if, about the opportunity. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, it's, it's right yeah. here, right? And that's what I want to touch It'll about. Yeah the, the, yeah, the the player pathway, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's, it's, it's nothing against the area. Just they haven't seen anything like it. Yeah, it's you different. Know? It's, it's, it's different. different. It's different and, and it's mm-hmm. different, but in a positive way, Absolutely. right? So like you just mentioned, we have the stadium happening. Mm-hmm. That's, that in itself is a huge, a big deal, right? right? Um, and then having, uh, bringing back uh, professional soccer with the men's team. And then now adding a women's team, you know, and then again, all this stuff. So a, a lot of exciting, exciting, a lot of exciting stuff happening. It'll so, be yeah. very exciting yeah, stuff. Yeah. You could check it all out. You could find mm-hmm. out more, read all about it over on NevadaSportsNet.com. Andrew Robles, thanks for coming to yeah, the studio. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, well, much more of NSN Daily right after this. All right, before we go, we were talking about the rodeo earlier, Mike, and this had to be one of the best moments the entire week. We got it in the show. If there were silver spurs for mutton busting, they would go to Huxfield, son of the legendary bareback rider, Casey. Check this out. That's a funny story how I figured that out at the rodeo over in Elko when I was his age, eight years old. But uh, yeah, he, he's, a, he's a tough kid. Uh, he's stone cold. He doesn't let emotions, you know, get to his head. And going out and riding the sheep for two and a half minutes, whatever it was, they had to pull him off. And, uh, I was a, that was a very proud dad moment for me right there. That, winning's really fun for me, and I enjoy it. But that right there was the highlight of the year so far. He was... He doesn't show a lot of emotion, like I said, but I could tell how excited he was on the inside that he's out there lined up with the other kids. And I go, went out there and I'm like, hey, good job, bud. That was awesome. Thanks, Dad. You've never been a hunter. 